Welcome back to episode three of the Living Scent Equipping Podcast. Chandler and I are so excited to have Pastor Joel Vanderskell with us here today to talk about transitioning into spiritual conversations. Yes, we're very excited for, for this conversation about conversations today. Last episode, we talked with Jeff O about what it looks like to, to be on mission in the network of people that we know and just talked a lot about stories and ways that we can be envisioned for doing that. And now today, I, I feel like we can get kind of into more of the practicals of now that we we want to be on mission in our network of people with the people that we interact with mm -hmm. in our daily lives, how do we actually get to the point where we can talk about spiritual things with people? And as we thought about who at New Life does this well, uh, there's no one other than Pastor mm -hmm. Joel, who doesn't like to be called Pastor Joel, but... Uh, that is his title, so we'll go with it. Uh, but there's no one better at doing this, so we thought we'd have a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. So, Joel, as we step into this and start into this conversation, um, yeah, what are your first initial thoughts about why should we have spiritual conversations with people? Can I ask a question before we get there? Yeah, that's and great. also say it's an honor to be here with you both on the podcast, <laughs> the Living Scent Equipping Podcast, Living Scent equipping podcast something oh my like gosh that. yeah it's gonna be fantastic and i also so the question is i actually know your previous guest from college and i just wondered is he still going by jeffo in formal podcast uh spaces now or is it mr olaksinski no i i introduced him as jeff to chandler and he said you can call me jeffo oh that's jeffo okay yeah yeah it's so good that some things in life don't change yes i think it's i think it's great yeah. you know a teaching persona and a podcast persona. I think this this can all get cut, but <laughs> it's fascinating not. to me that the people who he discipled and baptized were like adding O's to their name. So like Chriso, Steve-O, yes. Jeffo, Joshua. Like they all became like this band of brothers. Do they call you Jolo? No. Oh. Of like, no, I'm, on I'm older. For, on fire for the Lord, and that's great. Yeah. And they're still honored to hold that. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, the guy's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And yet, like, I think one of my biggest fears in life is always like making disciples of me instead of the Lord. And he has not done that. Like, he's made beautiful disciples of the Lord. Wow, he really has. Men who love the Lord and lead their families well. It's fantastic. You guys have a great selection of guests. I'm humbled to be here. I don't know if I think the same thing about myself, but I want to contribute as zealously to the conversation as I'm able. Great. So to your question, why do we why do we want to transition into spiritual conversations? With or people, just right? in general, why do we want to have spiritual conversations specifically with people who either we're not sure about where they stand with Jesus or we know for sure they're not a Christian yet? Why Why do we want to do that? I think it's because people matter to Jesus, so they should matter to us. Um, they do. I mean, intrinsically, we grew up in the world, um, and, and people matter to us. Um, but it is a lot easier in our world to operate on the physical and on the emotional. Those are those are conversations that are just fine for people to have. Actually, some people, the emotional is a hard conversation too. But spiritual is is an important part of who we are, how we exist. Um, how we relate um, to our creator, how we experience him. And so, yeah, this is just one of those spaces that it's very important. People aren't talking about it, generally speaking, or if they are talking about it, um, it might be with a different set of um, faith values. And mm -hmm. so those other pieces are good, but it's really good to know what's going on inside a person's heart, what's going on with their faith. So yeah, we it's valuable to ask. Plus, if we want to have deep relationships, that's just an important part of having deep relationship, mm -hmm. knowing what a person believes, knowing what they value. So it sounds like it's partially how do we have spiritual conversations, and, and that's important, but it's mostly just building friendships with people um, and not necessarily thinking about how do I how do I make sure that I start to share the gospel with this person or at least know where they stand, but first and foremost, just trying to make a friend yeah. with people who are around you and mm -hmm. taking that mindset of this is someone who who God created in his image who is worth caring for 
um, and worth showing interest in in trying to build a friendship that could potentially lead to some sort of conversation down the line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how do we have more depth and meaning in the relationships that we have? So, I mean, some people we only know, we only know on some surface level and and that's okay, but it's not as great as when you really know someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a limit. We can't know everybody at that depth. We have probably nor the time nor the like capacity to pull it off, but it's a special thing when you get to know people better. And so, yeah, I do think the heart of this conversation really comes down to authenticity. I mean, mm-hmm. if we don't own the idea of really wanting to know other people, um, we're not going to do it very well. And we're not we're not going to do it at all on, on some level beyond what we have to. Yeah. How do you make that, you know, transition from talking about fantasy football or the weather, something else into the more spiritual realm? I mean, I think, you know, the, the first piece is you got to get into a conversation. So, I mean, to even get to fantasy football or the weather is the start. Um, we got to start there. I was um, just in a restaurant. Uh, yesterday eating lunch because that's the thing people do in the middle of the day and I noticed that nobody initiated a conversation with somebody they didn't know or who wasn't working at the restaurant Um, people that came as a party talked amongst themselves but like nobody else initiated a conversation with anybody on anything no napkin conversations no forks no hey what do you think about the new chicken they've got none of that Mm -hmm. it just didn't happen so the normative piece is people aren't even starting conversations in the first place so you got to start there. Like you got to get into a conversation. I was, um, I'm a fan of physics In physics. There's, there's the coefficient of friction. Okay. Hopefully this is not too technical. There's a coefficient. I might not understand, but most people listening probably will. So. Oh no, you get this. You totally get this. So it's harder to move something off of a static position. There's more energy required to start it moving, but once it's moving, it's easier to go. So, you know, pushing a car, for instance, things along those lines, or a block on a table, which I'm not going to do because it would sound terrible on the audio. But once you've started the conversation, everything gets a little bit easier. So you got to start it, got to find a place to start. But where you start the conversation also impacts how long it's going to take you to get to some of those deeper levels. So if you start on a super surface spot, you take a while to get much beyond that. And you may not get beyond that. So, um, man, I talk so much about friction. I may have forgotten where we we're going to go with that. So, I think you were talking about being intentional about the conversation you have so yeah. that it could lead you into more spiritual right. ideas. Right. Then the next piece is is really being on the lookout for an opportunity to to move the conversation forward or deeper in some way. Um, if the conversation is is two-way that's a much healthier conversation so you're not just listening to the person and not just listening to you so you find ways to engage them if they ask you a question that's fantastic you have an opportunity to tell them more about yourself all that builds a, a better connection a better genuine connection but at the heart of it to really move the conversation deeper and this may take a lot more than one conversation i'm looking for opportunities to ask or understand a person's values essentially or faith really um but values what's important to them yeah what's important to them what's meaningful for them yeah i i am excited about where this is going and i want to get there but i feel like we're we're at a place we need to take a step back real quick and think about some more some more basic questions of you were starting to get into this of of what does it look like even to get into that conversation and i think for some people it's it's much easier just to to go and talk to people and you might be able to breeze over these ideas. But for others, it's like, like you said, Joel, the the norm is that you don't talk to someone. You're at the restaurant. You don't talk to the people you didn't mm-hmm. come with. Um, whatever sort of situation, thinking of a college student, you're sitting outside your classroom waiting for your class to start and you're sitting on a bench next to someone, another human being who, like we've talked about, made in God's image, is made to know the Lord um also just deserves to to have love and friendship and connection uh but the the norm is to sit there both with your airpods in and not say anything Mm -hmm. so getting to that basic level what does it even look like to start that conversation what are some of your go-tos to take that step that like we said a lot of people don't actually take yeah that's really good. It's a good question. You're sitting there at, 
you know, on a bench with somebody or if I'm sitting there in line at a restaurant with somebody, I'm looking for some sort of a, a handhold in the rock, so to speak. I'm looking for something that I can I can reach out that's a low a low risk initial starting question or a comment that you know, it's just not going to take a person. They're not going to have to risk much of their own sort of personal safety or well-being to to jump into that conversation. So if I'm at the restaurant and the and the woman right before me just ordered the brand new chicken, um, which kind of looks intriguing, but I haven't yet decided to myself whether or not I want it. I have a legitimate question. I'm kind of curious about what I should order when I get there. So then she orders it and she's like standing two feet in front of me and I can say, hey, have you had that before? That new chicken? And she says, I don't know, whatever she says, but now all of a sudden we're in a conversation. Um, it's not a threatening question generally. And if it is a threatening question, the conversation is really not going anywhere. <laughs> so it's it's done anyway. And that hardly, it does happen from time to time, but hardly ever if the handhold is sort of light or, or low to the ground in some sense. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking for some sort of a connection where there's an intersection between my life and this this person's. Could be a book, could be their jacket, could be um, their destination. Um, you know, I could, I just might, sometimes I just compliment them. Hey, I really like your shoes. Those are awesome. One of the, yes, to all of that. One of the places that I'm on mission is in the community concert band that I play in. And um, it's pretty easy to start conversations in a scenario where you have something in common, like you're waiting for class, like you're ordering chicken sandwiches. And um, this past Tuesday, I waited for someone in the parking lot so that we could walk to rehearsal together. And they were initially like, why is this woman waiting for me? But then to have the conversation of like, oh, you're new, right? How, how'd you hear about the band or what have you liked about your section made it really easy to then talk about other things. Yeah. Oh, well, how'd you get that job? And they made a comment about like, it must've been the universe or something. And I was like, interesting. Like, tell me more about how the universe did that for you. And really it was just me waiting by her car to like walk to a building together. And I think I could have chosen, made the choice to just walk past her and not say anything or been like, mm, she probably doesn't want to talk to me. But I think it was it was like the right work and worth the risk. And now I have things that I can follow up with her next week. Yeah, I, I love that story. I love the intentionality of it, the noticing someone who is easy to interact with, who's in your circle, who you have like an ability to pretty easily connect with um, and, and taking that opportunity. I'm wondering, Sarah Marie, for you, what are, you, you mentioned some things that could be potential fears or, or questions that come up for deciding to do that. It, it's likely the easier thing to just walk yourself mm -hmm. and not go and wait to, to talk to this person. But what are some of the things that you remind yourself in that situation to help you think, no, this is worth it. This is important for me to go and mm -hmm. go out of my way, talk to this person, strike yeah. up a conversation, get to know them. The first thing is always like check in with the Lord. Lord, would you have me talk to this person? What would you have me say? And then choosing, well, sometimes you can look at body language and know that oh, this person has got their AirPods in. They don't want to talk to you kind of thing. But then choosing to take that risk and like, what's the worst that can happen is that she can give me one word answers and we have a very awkward, quiet walk to rehearsal together. And that is what it is. Um, so I think some things that can hold me back are my own insecurities. What if I say something silly or um, I misunderstand, but I try to choose to take that risk anyway. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I love the the check-in about, uh, or the first step being check-in with the Lord. Is this something you'd have me do? And I feel like the the default would probably be, probably be yes, right? Of God calls us to bring his kingdom here. And, and part of that is, is loving others. And um, But yeah, even just taking that moment to to ask the Lord and, and recenter yourself in that way is, is really important. There, there's such a tremendous value in someone perceiving that you were willing to take a risk for them, or you, you 
went out of the social norm, even if it was just a, a fraction, to engage them in some way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. That says to them, like, they matter to you. Um, even if they don't, like, consciously recognize that in the moment. And even if that conversation does go poorly the first time, I've found that sometimes conversations that feel to me like they didn't go that well um, have netted further conversations. Like, I built some trust or something in that conversation that didn't seem like it went all that well, but that might be a person who doesn't have people taking risks and conversations with them much. They don't know how to engage the conversation. They don't have much experience with it. They're nervous. Um, but afterwards they process it and think, Hey, I, I kind of like that. Maybe yeah. I'll be willing to talk to this person again. Mm -hmm. Another piece that feels important to me or that I guess I really don't like when I'm talking to people is if they are not, they don't seem willing to respect my boundaries, particularly if I say, Hey, I actually don't, you know, all the social cues that someone's giving you that says, hey, the conversation needs to be done because I need to move on. Um, I find I it's not hard. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to respect people's boundaries when they're when they're saying, hey, I'm done with this conversation, whether they're saying it out loud like that or they're giving you the social cues that help help indicate, hey, I'm done. Then you just you politely close it. Yeah. I, I think that, that that too indicates, hey, I'm a safe person to talk to because you can Enter in this conversation and you can leave it at any time. You don't have to you don't have to keep pressing into this space. What are some things that you all remind yourselves of like when you need to be brave or need to you know that the Lord's asking you to engage with someone, but you don't want to or you don't feel like it or you feel insecure? What are things that you all remind yourselves of? One of the most powerful things for me is I'm a I'm a dad now. I've got five kids and when I think about how much I love my kids and I know their story, um, they're all unique. When I just think about how precious each of them is to me, if I can make that leap to know that this, the soul standing in front of me here is much more precious to God than my kids are precious to me. Um, and I want to, I want to value who God values and he values this person. Um, he made them that, that all helps me jump into a conversation, particularly especially in a situation where I'm nervous to jump in the conversation. Um, I can be nervous because um, I might be so different than the person that I just don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know mm -hmm. how to have a conversation necessarily. Or um, there might be something that, um, I don't know, they, if, it's, if it's someone who's like, there there might be a disability in play and you don't know it, um, or or they're, they're just personality-wise so different than you and you do know it, um, all those pieces are, are somewhat of a hindrance to me to step into a conversation where I wouldn't naturally want to. But if I can see the other person as one of God's kids um, and hold that value and hold that feeling of what it looks like and what I feel like when I'm looking at one of my kids, I'm like, all right, this is, mm -hmm. I can do this. This is valuable. Yeah. I, I don't have too much more to add to that. I think that is what I ultimately need to come back to as well. I'm not a dad, but I, I can understand that. I have, uh, I guess, almost a, a niece or nephew there on the way. And I also have some pseudo nieces and nephews that I feel similarly about. So um, yeah, I can connect with that some, but then also, yeah, just going back to, to the gospel and thinking about what length Jesus went in order to save me and the length that Jesus went in order to offer this person the, the same salvation. And then thinking about, okay, what is it? What is the length that I'm actually scared to go? And it's like, oh, it's taking out my AirPod and turning to the person on the bench next right. to me and saying, hey, how'd you feel about the homework assignment or whatever it is, the, the chicken sandwich question, yeah, whatever yeah. sort of thing. Um, and, and just not in a way of shaming myself to like compare what I'm unwilling to do, but in a way of saying, well, Jesus was willing to go to the length of, of dying for me and for this person. Mm -hmm. Can I go to the length of taking a, a risky step, a bold step, but with the potential outcome of this person, either feeling loved or seen in that moment, served in that moment, that that is worth it in and of itself, or getting to the end where 
potentially that conversation could lead to this person coming to know the length to which Jesus went to mm -hmm. save them themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. That was a good question. Yes, that was a great question. Thank you for for that, Sarah Marie. Let's see. We've talked. We've touched on why should we have spiritual conversations. We've touched on some of the reasons why why we want to be bold and and take risks to get into. I mean, really, just conversation in general, but thinking about them spiritually. And we we talked some too about, I guess, more peripherally about what are who are some of the people that we can think of people in community band people that you're standing in line at the restaurant uh with um joel before when we were preparing for this you you talked about people that you sit next to at like your kids soccer games yeah, being yeah. people are there other types of of people or just even ways we can help people start to brainstorm like who are who are these people that we can we can be talking with in our lives yeah totally I mean, it is a very different thing. There's going to be people that you you go out and you just you see once ever, um, or at least in the on the front end, you think I'll never see this person mm -hmm. again, um, and that happens all the time. Um, we just we live in a big world. There's a lot of people here um, to have meaningful, sustained relationships with. Even hundreds of them is crazy. It's hard. It takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that other tier really is people that. Uh, you have a pretty reasonable chance of seeing again, um, or you're you're certainly going to see them again. You know, if God doesn't come back between now and then, right? So, guys on my hockey team, like I may not for sure see them on Sunday night, but I'm probably going to see most of them on Sunday night, and I can check the app that tells me which ones I'm going to see because <laughs> they they check in for the game. So, um, yeah, my kids, my kids' soccer team, um, chances are that their their friend you know, one of the parents is going to be there I, I don't know which one but one of them is going to be there pretty good pretty good chance unless they're on vacation so those kinds of things there are a lot of those um and that brings in a whole i think set of additional like tools that you can use and it gives you additional opportunities because you don't i mean one of the things that i, th I feel like is challenging is we put the pressure on ourselves to have to move a conversation from zero to 100 in like one shot or in just a couple minutes um, those kinds of conversations feel pressured. You feel pressure even just trying to have a conversation like that or think about how you could have a conversation like that. And I think when I've experienced being conversations like that with other people, I feel pressured. And I don't personally want that um, in conversations with, with people. I want them to feel engaged. Um, I want them to be interested in the conversation and, and extending it out. Um, I don't want them to be forced into it. So some people are just actually much better at that. I think they do a good job of not even forcing a conversation, but moving it deep faster. I'm not really one of those people. Um, I feel like I'm better suited to those conversations that have an ongoing component to them. So there's a couple things that I, I actually do consistently in those spaces. Um, one is I, I try to listen when I'm talking to another person and I, listen to the point of actually remembering the things that we talked about, like when we see each other a week from now, mm -hmm. um, particularly if we've gotten the conversation down to a spot of there's some significant things we talked about. So um, for one of the families, um, one of the kids was on the soccer field, obviously, but, but I, one of the questions, one of my, you know, standing in line, chicken conversation questions was, do you guys have any other kids? It's, it's a pretty safe question. Um, well, it can be. <laughs> it can be risky too, but sometimes that can get you in, in, in deeper spaces as well. Um, you know, in this case, the answer was yes. Um, and we just started talking about that other child and it came up the other child has special needs, which linked to some of my own personal experience. And, and then I asked about, that conversation went pretty far. We had like an whole hour. And so I was able to ask about how difficult that process was and what values they brought into it and who are their support networks and a lot of stuff. So I don't remember everything that well, unless I write it down, in which case I do tend to remember it well. And so I try to discipline myself. I have notes on my phone. And after I finish a conversation, if there's significant things that came up, I try to like write them down. So I'll remember names, kids' names, um, you know, cancer battles, um, career stuff, like stuff I can ask about. And then I can literally start the conversation other than, hey, how's it going? How are you guys doing? How was the vacation last week? And then... You know, a couple minutes of that kind of conversation. And I can also ask, hey, I really appreciated you sharing all that you did with me last week about your 
about your family and that experience with your with your daughter, um, I thought of a question between you know now and last time we saw each other, and I just wanted to ask how whatever it was, whatever the new question mm-hmm. is. And now I'm moving deeper. We, after a couple minutes, start the conversation at the level we were at before. And that doesn't mean we're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper with every conversation. At some point you get to a spot where it's like, all right, we're where we're going to be for a while. Um, but having the sustained opportunities, the ability to like, remember, if you can remember, Zimri is really good at remembering stuff. Sometimes. I need, she's my memory on things. What did we say about that again? But I have to write it down. But when I do, if I can go back to those things and have significant conversations people feel known if you remember the important details of their life yeah so i just think that's a powerful tool and i'd much prefer those kinds of interactions because i feel like i'm more suited to to carry them out and i don't want the pressure of having to move a conversation from zero to 60 or zero to 100 whatever your metaphor is us or or metric figures i guess um and so but i want every conversation to be submitted to what god has in mind so if he wants to move a conversation much faster, which happens on occasion, I want to be ready for that. Yeah. So kind of to to summarize some of what you're saying, it, it sounds like you even think about the types of spiritual conversations you have in like two different categories. There's mm-hmm. there's the category of the passerby, the the person you may never see again, or someone that you know you may have potential to see again, but it's it's not guaranteed. And you think about that sort of spiritual conversation in a little bit of a different way than the person that you're like, I am all but guaranteed or for sure going to see this person again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know them now, but there's an opportunity here to have conversation with them, get to know them, build a friendship and eventually hopefully have the opportunity to hear about their spiritual journey and, and share, share, uh, with them about what you believe at some point. You got it. Exactly. And in that second tier, it's it's similar to what Sarah Marie, I think, said with that, you know, the parking lot, you know, band friend story. Like the first thing you do is you ask God, should I have this conversation? When I know I'm moving into a spot um, like a hockey game or like a, you know, a soccer game, and I know I'm going to see some people that I'm going to consistently see again. Um, one of the things I, I try and do is ask God to help me to be alert for which people he wants me to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like I just... I want to. I just want to have my eyes open to which conversations begin to develop. Um, sometimes it's a group conversation. Sometimes I can shift a whole group conversation in a in a in an interesting way. Um, like one of the hockey, the hockey locker room is always a fascinating mm-hmm. <laughs> set of conversations. I won't go too far into those here, but um, the guys know I'm a pastor, um, and so from time to time they'll bring up something, or like one of the guys was mauling scripture. Um, <laughs> and something he was saying to it, to another guy. And I was, and I was like, is this a moment to, to correct him? Yeah. <laughs> I think this might be a moment to correct it. Actually. Um, uh, it's not quite like that. Here's the, here's the idea there. He's like, oh, that is, that does so much better. I was like, it, it does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but to your point. So like now our whole, our whole locker room is having a conversation on scripture, which is a fascinating moment to be in. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask God what conversations do you want me to have to have today um, and to be open to it? I'll sometimes go in um, with an intent in mind. I want to spend more time with this individual and that, that's okay. I don't think I need to hear from God to do that. Um, but I want to be receptive if he's got something else in mind. And that's happened from time to time where like, it also happens from time to time that I don't, I don't get in any meaningful conversations. Like I, I, I try to start conversations. They just don't go very deep. And that's, mm-hmm that's okay too. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the person that only values a conversation. If it's, if it's super, super deep, I just want to value the person. Um, lots of times for relationships with, with men in particular, shared experiences is where trust is built. So with like hockey teammates, I'm talking about the game and the experience we just had is building relational trust. Um, and I need to do that. I need to invest in those spaces and not just the dead deep probing theological questions i mean there aren't many relationships that we have that are only fun or only serious it makes sense that like a healthy friendship or relationship is someone that you can have serious conversations with yeah absolutely laugh till you cry the other thing that just what you just shared made me think of is is really looking out for people who are um 
I don't know, grieving or in need of support and making sure you, you take the opportunity to come alongside of them. Um, mm-hmm. In a situation like those kinds of spaces, it's it's not generally done socially in a, in a bigger group context, but I can maybe find them after in the parking lot and just say, hey, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that news. And then I can, I totally pull my pastor hat at that point. I don't like, you know, Pastor Joel is not my favorite title, but I'm, I'm embracing the fact that it has a certain set of benefits um, and I need to roll with those benefits. And one of them is that I can say to a, to a person that who knows who I am and what my profession is, Hey, can I pray for you about the situation? And it doesn't, I don't really even need to know what their, their faith situation is. I can just ask. Um, and I do that and I try to follow up on those things. So, Hey, I know you're having surgery coming up. Can I pray for that? Is there like, what, would you mind, you know, let me know what, what day it is. And I can pray for that, that day too. Um, and then I'll send them a text that day and saying, Hey, I'm praying for you today. All of a sudden our relationship's at a very different level than it was previous to that mm-hmm. only because I stepped into a space of meaningful need for them. So that one's consistent in the sense that people need support in those areas. That's just a good Jesus like loving thing to do. Um, and it does definitely moves you deeper into relationship. Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds great and it sounds like there's times where your pastor hat is helpful in this uh in these situations transitioning to a spiritual conversation or being able to offer help or support um but most people out there who are going to be listening to this podcast don't have the pastor hat on and so i'm wondering if if you have some some tips and tricks some ideas of what are good questions or good good ideas to try and center on in a conversation. You know, we're already past this point of we've determined, yeah, the Lord is leading me to, to talk with this person. Maybe we're, maybe we're a few conversations in, like we're five or six games into the soccer season and we've been talking and I've been getting to know them. And uh, it's kind of like there's enough relationship here to, to have a spiritual conversation or you're in that passerby conversation and it, there may be an opportunity there too, not to say that you have to have many conversations in order to, mm-hmm. to get to that point. But once, yeah, you're in a conversation, you're talking with someone, what are some of the, the ways that people who don't necessarily have that automatic, uh, oh, you're a pastor. We, we can talk about mm-hmm. spiritual things, uh, switch. What are some of the tips and tricks that you would, you would have for people? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, to the previous point, I think you can offer to pray for people regardless. You don't need that that pastor hat to be able to pull that off. Um, you can just go for it. And and that that's a valuable piece. The other element though, I think is generally what I'm looking for to move those conversations deeper and to move into spiritual things is I typically try to start with understanding a person's values, um, what's important to them. So um, Sometimes you can just ask about a value directly, but but lots of times in a conversation, you're listening to try to, to pick them out. And then if you see something, you can kind of take hold of it and ask more directly about that thing. Um, so if a person's telling me about their kids, lots of times when people make decisions, how they make decisions indicates what they value. And so maybe I won't ask, hey, what are the top three things that you value in life? In fact, mm-hmm. I can't remember ever asking that. Um, but I can ask about a decision and say, hey, when you're making that decision, um, it sounds like this was really important to you. Is that, is that, is that something that you you know you and your wife really value? Um, so I want to get to the, the values because once I'm talking about values, we're talking about important things. We're talking about meaningful things. And I've indicated to them that I, I care enough to listen. Um, and when you're, it's a deeper conversation, but it's not necessarily a threatening conversation because there's not, there's not as easily a clear right and wrong overlay on somebody else's value system um, like there is with faith and religion. There's there's some expectations and some senses of right and wrong based on what you grew up with, where you are in the world, things along those lines. With values, it's a little less like that. So if I start with a value kind of a conversation, then it's easier to move into some of the more um, specifically spiritual kinds of questions. So as a, for instance, if I, if I know, um, if I know what a person values, um, either I can link off that conversation or I can just ask tangentially because I'm deep enough in the conversation. What what was, 
did you grow up like with a with a faith background that um influences yeah influences moves your values in some way shape or form um that's an easy question to ask at that point and then and then you're in once you're talking about background you're really you're you're there um and then you just have the conversation that's in front of you essentially um sometimes people's stories just just indicate something um that's that's important that's meaningful so one of the, one of my friends um, he's a successful business owner now small business um never never finished high school so that came up in one of our conversations and i was like oh man fascinating i mean you're 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 kicking butt right now compared to the expectation for that i was like what tell me about that moment like what happened was there i want to know that story and so he told me the story about like why he didn't finish high school and there were some really distinctive things that he valued that were surprising um that were good that i could grab on a hold in that story and say man i that's powerful where you know where else has that played out in your life and you know, i can see how it, so i'm just now moving into that that value space um and in this case we're already having spiritual conversations too we were that far in the relationship so we're we're talking about both at the same time and now i put the two together because i'm trying to understand his spirituality deeper yeah and so you 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 kind of mentioned this earlier you you mentioned a little bit just this idea of thinking about sort of layers or levels to the conversation you kind of walked through that in what you just explained of you can start with the question that you mentioned earlier with someone of hey do you have any other kids and then you talk about that and that's pretty surface level and like you said it can it can have some hardship to that question but for for the most part it's a pretty easy answer for people and but then that'll get talking into what they do and that'll start leading to values. And there comes a point where you have to dig a little bit deeper into to the values. And so there's kind of like a layer shift of, all right, we're going to get to this, this next spot. And then you're talking through the values and you're getting to know that a little bit. And then there's a point to take that a little bit deeper in this idea of saying, well, where do your values come from? Is it a family thing? Is it a faith thing? Do you have a faith background that that's led to that? Um, and being able to take kind of that, that next step deeper. Yeah, that's really good. And I think one of the other things that's important is, is to go with them. So you're not just doing an interview of their, their deeply held values at this stage mm -hmm. of the game. So you really want to go with them in that sense. I mean, there's an element of self-disclosure that's involved in the conversation. If you're going to move to that level, if you're talking about their values, you probably should be talking about your values. And that allows you a back and forth in the conversation. If somebody else is talking about how they, what values they have that have, have inter, that have influenced the medical decisions they made for their kid. Well, I've got, I got a whole wealth of stories like that in my own life too, and and I share those or some of them in that moment. So I need to go with them if I'm inviting them down to this layer. I need to move down to that layer too. You, you don't have to. I guess you don't technically have to, but I do. That's how I do it. Um, I want again. I want them to feel like. I'm a safe person to talk to you. I'm invested in this conversation. And part of that is I'm showing some vulnerability at the same mm -hmm. time I'm inviting vulnerability from them. Um, and that, that brings connection. If they know like you had a similar experience, um, that distinguishes me from the rest of the people in that soccer pitch. Mm -hmm. um, this is another fellow parent who um, you know, lost a child or had a, had a you know, child in the hospital for extended periods of time or is caring for their parents at home. Like those are all things that are true of me mm -hmm. that link to other people's conversations. And they're not, they're not common links necessarily compared to the rest of the populace. But when you get in a conversation with long enough with somebody, there are probably a lot of links. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of find them. Once they're there and the other people see them, the other people see them, then they hold on to that conversation, that relationship differently. So yeah, I want to go with them when I take them down into the spaces too, which yeah. feels important. Yeah, that seems really good. Because we're we're talking about healthy friendships, healthy relationships, and those should be reciprocal. Yes. Like it should not be, you know, I'm always asking questions and never actually sharing about myself uh, or I'm expecting someone else to offer me parts of their heart and story that I'm not willing to give give myself. And so I think it it matters. That's where like your intentions matter. Like is this a goal that you're checking off or a person that you're hoping to like achievement unlocked with? Or is this really a child of God that you mm -hmm. want to have a relationship with? 
And I think if you find yourself in a scenario where you realize that you know 20 things about them and they maybe know two about you or you know all of like the needs that they have in their life and they don't know any of your needs that maybe this isn't a healthy yeah. reciprocal relationship. That's really good. I I think it's important too to be paying some attention to power dynamics in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So as a pastor, people know I'm a pastor. Some people are intimidated by that. Um, we're not intimidated. Some people have a set of expectations um about what that means uh, and so like it's important to hold that because if i'm if i'm stepping into a conversation with somebody who really values i can tell almost by the title the way they use the title if they're calling me pastor or reverend um and and if they're older than me but still like honoring me like i'm older than them it says something about how they view that title and i need to be careful with that like i need to, to know what it is um in the sense that they've already afforded me a greater deal of authority than just appear in a normal conversation as a result of something in their past or their history mm-hmm. or their, their knowledge set, their experience. So I got to be careful that when you're talking to the kids, um, there's a similar dynamic instantly if you're an adult. But if you're talking in the more subtle way with someone who is um, not great at asking you questions, um, then it's pretty easy to just keep on asking them questions, especially if they're really good at talking about themselves. But then you find yourself in that spot where this conversation just became one yeah. way. Um, how do I inject some of myself in this conversation? And you have to sometimes offer it. They're not going to ask you. As a pastor, I find, well, I find that when I'm in conversations and people know I'm a pastor, they do a lot less asking of questions to me. But when they don't know that I'm a pastor, it's a lot more of a peer dynamic and they they seem more free to ask questions which is why I don't often lead with that yeah. um, piece because I really want that interchange. Um, but it's just something you have to pay attention to. And you might have to like offer somebody some help in the sense of giving them some parts of you, um, even if they're not asking. I'm, I'm re- a real person and I'm not weird. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm not weird for, not yeah. weird for this. For I mean, that reason. It's relative. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. understand that. It's relative. <laughs> Uh, I want to okay. I want to throw a bit of a curveball, something we haven't even talked about beforehand, uh, but it just came to mind and it seems important. So I think there's going to be we've talked a lot about so far. There, there are these theoretical people we don't already know very well who mm-hmm. are in our lives that we have the potential to have a spiritual conversation with, and we've talked a lot about how it's important to really build friendship in order to do that. But I imagine there's plenty of people who are who are listening to this who have already built friendship with a decent amount of people outside of the mm-hmm. church, whether it's classmates or coworkers or family, family, mm-hmm. uh, or however many sorts of categories of people that there are. And um, I can experience. I can say that I experienced this. I've done this. I've built plenty of friendships with people outside of the church where I keep my faith like pretty outside of that. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit harder to do so now that I am on staff at a church, but especially <laughs> in college, I it, it was fairly easy to do that. And so I'm wondering what thoughts you both have about what it could look like to take some of these ideas and think about who, who are people that I already have friendship with, who have done some of this work with already without mm-hmm. like having to really even think about all of this having spiritual conversations things, what can it look like to potentially start having spiritual conversations with those people when, you know, I've already built all of this relational capital without Mm -hmm. ever mentioning my faith. Or Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe at the most I've said, I'm going to church on Sunday. And like, that's what they know about, about my faith background. For me, I think, you know, I try to ask myself, am I living a life that's my faith is integrated into or is it you know i'm known it's known that i'm a follower of christ at new life where i work um and maybe in my family in a couple other pockets but is is my faith something that i'm living out in all areas and trying to make sure that i'm aware of 
choosing to to share my faith and integrate my faith into my whole life. So, and it can be things from conversations of like, oh, what are you guys doing this weekend? You can say like, oh, I'm seeing some friends. Or you can say, well, some friends from church and I are going to do this thing. Or um, I read a lot. And so people ask me a lot, oh, what are you reading? And it's easier for me to share with them about a fiction book that I'm reading because I know that they're also reading fiction where uh, like an integrated life step could be to share about this Nancy Guthrie book I'm reading and make sure that um, I'm, I'm choosing to be who I am in all areas, even if that makes people un- uncomfortable um, sometimes. And it can make me uncomfortable sometimes because like Pastor Joel was saying, people change their conversation around you when they know that you're a believer of like, oh, I don't want to like offend your virgin ears Mm -hmm. and like embarrass you or you judge me. Um, But I think that's part of that relational capital that we've all already built is that they know who you are and know that you accept them and feel free to be yourself and allow them to accept you as well. I will say it does feel like a harder thing if you've got a relationship that's been in play for a while and talking about spiritual things is not part of the norm in that relationship. Um, it does feel like there's a lot more, oomph, some sort of barrier, that static friction, that coefficient of static friction is a lot higher. Well, we came back to it. Yeah, we, we had to, back. we had to, I love it. I love <laughs> physics, love physics. Um, it takes a lot more energy to push that. So it's going to take a little more intent. Um, we have this uh, tool in our church called the live scent tool. And, um, one of the things I love about it is it's it's simple, but it's really important for how to move these kinds of conversations forward. Because at the heart of the tool is just the simplicity of who are people in my life? Who are people in my life I can get to know? We're thinking intentionally about that. Who are people in my life I can serve? Who are people in my life I can tell more about who Jesus is, what he's done, and how he's impacting my life? And if you intentionalize those things to the point of like writing them down, mm-hmm. then the, then the practice then becomes praying about each of those relationships each about each of those people and you're on the lookout for or or you're thinking and brainstorming about what might i say in the next conversation um so with somebody who's really close to you like a, a mother or a father you've had a ton of conversations presumably over the course of time not everybody's obviously in that spot but most of us a lot of conversations so but it but if you're thinking intentionally about and asking god what do you want me to say next to this person? What's a good next step in this particular conversation, this particular relationship? Then if you're thinking about that, you've been praying about it, when you actually see that person next, it's not just haphazard of like, oh, I just happened to see so-and-so today. Um, You're thinking about, well, I thought about this, I prayed about this, and you have a moment. You kind of know, you've got a moment of choice. Am I going to move into the space I feel like God is prompting me to move into or not? Um. But I think the longer you've had a friendship or the deeper the connection is and the more time you've gone without having spiritual conversations in those places, the higher that coefficient of static friction is to do that. Not impossible, but it's going to take more intent. Mm-hmm. And I think take take the time. I don't know physics, but I am a social worker of taking the time to look at yourself and t- figuring out, well, why am I not my authentic self or engaging in spiritual conversations in this realm. And I think it could be everything from like, well, it seems this person seems hopeless. Like it's never going to work or what will they think about me? Or um, am I making choices that aren't God honoring or sinful that I would have to give up if people knew that I was a Christian and taking the time to be aware of, of why you're holding back in those Mm -hmm. spaces yeah, there's some introspection to happen uh, in that type of scenario of thinking, okay, I have I haven't done this. Why haven't mm-hmm. I done that? And uh, yeah, to to think through that and be honest with yourself and before the Lord and maybe with people that other people you trust uh, in a D group or just have a conversation with another believer about, hey, I haven't I haven't done this and feel like this may be the reason. Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of talking through that and working through that, um, that can likely help us get through not doing that and work towards 
wanting to do that more and then maybe some of those practicals that you both shared of of doing that can be more in play of how to take those next steps forward mm-hmm. i know for me fear is like a, a very legitimate very common challenge in some of those spaces i mean taking that time to think through why why am i hesitant what i haven't why i haven't moved this conversation in a different space most of the time the answer is fear mm-hmm. like i'm afraid of something i'm afraid of the relationship changing i'm afraid of what the person's going to think of me i'm afraid i don't have the skill set to engage this conversation i'm afraid of something yeah. and lots of times it's it's silly right but if you name the fear out loud um, it's easier to contend with it it's easier to like put it before the lord and say i'm going to give this to you i'm going to do this anyway trust you're going to go with me mm-hmm. um but lots of times we're not even doing that introspection we just have this fear that's preventing us from doing something we've never really given it a second thought but if you've got that if you use that live sent tool for instance i was talking about earlier you take the effort and the time to write a person's name down um, seek the lord on behalf of that person you've already put more intent into it and then that can help you then look at well if i'm hesitant i'm looking at the name i feel hesitant to try to move this conversation in a different direction why um for me it usually does come down to fear and then it's it's good to like put that fear on the table before the lord and if i'm feeling really bold i put that fear on the table with somebody else and say hey i'm thinking about having a conversation with so and so but i'm i'm afraid about this outcome yeah that by itself adds a ton of strength um, but it also brings somebody else into that space with you who might be able to pray with you they might their emotional support might just be enough by itself or they might have some really good ideas um, to help move that conversation the other piece that's awesome is if you do that you take that risk particularly if it's a space you haven't taken a risk in in a while or ever before and then god does something that's really good for mm-hmm. your faith really good for your faith in theirs obviously yeah i think related to fear one thing that is helpful for me in conquering over them is being prepared for really any situation shout out to my anxious people um but let's talk through a little bit of in preparing to have these conversations and taking them deeper what are questions that have been helpful for any for for us in those one that you already shared was you know what what faith background do you have or what did you grow up with um what are other questions that we've found useful in those conversations this is going to sound a little similar to the first one um but you can you can sometimes also start at the level of a person's parents um the relationship with their parents perhaps that's the level you're you're talking about and you can ask um what was their faith background what kind of a kind of an environment did you grow up in Mm -hmm. Um, which doesn't presume that they hold it themselves and it's so in that case it's a, it's a bit of a safer question because they haven't yet had to tell you anything Personal. about what they mm-hmm. believe other than just the environment they're immersed in it's sometimes an easier way to get into that into that conversation um it's really that it's really that that value linkage that i think i feel like i keep coming back to so i'm looking for i'm looking for some particularly if there's like something the easiest link would be they value something that you value too or you can find something in what they value that you value and if you can do that um it's easier for you then to make some sort of a a a connection in your own life with your own faith so i guess i think what was holding me up as you guys are asking that question is i'm I'm thinking of the fact that you you need to be able to tell your own story Mm -hmm. You, you need to be able to do that it doesn't have to be like epic or long but you need to find some way of of telling people in a genuine but short (laughs) meaningful way about who jesus is and what he's done how he's impacting your life how he's impacted your life um so that's a thing to practice that's a thing to like get on paper Mm -hmm. it's a it's a thing there are some things i just find myself sharing again and again and again one of them is part of that story um other things are like they're like points in my career where i decided to to go on staff with the church or or become a missionary those are things i find i just talk about a lot um and it's an easier entrance point and so i'm looking for some something in my story that's genuine where i can tell somebody about some way that god's had an impact on me and my own decision making set and that is one i use a lot um, because lots of times one of the questions i'm asking in the early part is 
what do you do? You know, what kind of work do you do? Do you enjoy it? Um, how did you get into it? Um, all that is helping me find more information about that person and building a deeper relationship. But it also is going to give me to the point where I can tell a part of my story, which is going to help launch us into spiritual conversations potentially. Yeah, that's great. And I think, uh, well, I know we have in future convert, future podcast episodes, we're going to be talking more about what does it look like to share who Jesus is, what mm-hmm. he's done and how he's impacting your life. But it's an important note, even with all of these podcast episodes to say, uh, the, these are definitely not a, a step-by-step guide. All of these different ideas are going to interact mm-hmm. and intertwine with each other. And so part of having intentional conversation, having spiritual conversation might be to just not just lay out the gospel in front of someone right away, but to know your story and to know which parts that you can share that are in a way intriguing, like to know that, Hey, it's intriguing that I made this decision in my life. Um, whether it's to go on staff with a church or whether it's, uh, to allocate some sort of resource that I have in some way, like to be able to tell those stories, not in a way that's hitting someone over the head with the Bible, but to say it in a way that builds some intrigue, um, can be helpful in having these spiritual conversations. And then in what our next episode's topic will be in sharing who Jesus is, what he's done and how he's impacting your life. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for those moments, looking for those opportunities to tell your genuine story. That's good. I'm glad you have that podcast coming up. It's yes, a good one. Yes. We're excited about it too. I think too, when we think about connecting and relating over stories and making those connections, there, there's always a great opportunity to... So when I'm in a conversation with someone and they're sharing about divorce or loss or grief or something that I'm also familiar with to be able to say like, yes, I've experienced this too. And then also, how did you cope with that loss or Mm -hmm. that pain? Because it was horrendous. And then to be able to share how you coped with that pain and process that grief and loss, because then it's also you're sharing hope as well and you're building Mm -hmm. that trust and that foundation of you are not alone. Other people have been through this. You're going to make it. Yeah. That's so good. Um, (laughs) We're talking about skill. We're talking about how to, how to skillfully have these conversations. What are tactics? What are ways? What are methods you can use? I was just teaching on Nehemiah on just this last Sunday. And the most important thing about this moment in Nehemiah's life was that God's favor was with him. I have seen people start conversations, blunder, bludgeon conversations, and God's favor was with them in the conversation as well. Like ultimately, all of this, all these pieces, all these tactics, anything related to sort of even skill or good practice, all of that has to go by the wayside. If at the end of the day, God's telling you to do something, you just go do it and he's going to be with you. And so that I find that encouraging because I don't need to be a master at doing these things well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of need to start. Um, and and that front end piece of like, am I able to have a relationship with God and ask him um, and then try to move where he's moving me? If you feel like God's putting somebody in your heart consistently, they're just on your mind, that's probably a good space to engage. Um, and if God goes with you, it doesn't really matter how skillfully you handle the conversation. Um, and if you generally love someone, it almost also doesn't matter how well you handle the conversation. They're going to they're gonna pick up on that. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's an important overlay to the whole conversation. Um, if God goes with you, <laughs> it's going to go fine. It's going to go just fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Makes me think of scripture tells us that, yeah, those of us who have the Holy Spirit have everything that we need. Uh, we, we have everything that we need to share uh, and like you said, not to undercut our whole conversation. Uh, I think preparing and, and learning from those who have done it, someone like you, Joel, mm-hmm. who, who have done it, uh, that can be part of the way that the spirit equips us. But, mm-hmm. but thinking about that, um, yeah, if God is, if God is for us in a conversation that we're going to have, then he's going to be there with us and, and guide us there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yes, thank you for that mm-hmm. that thought to wrap us up. That does feel like a good place to end. But before we go, we wanted to ask you to pray for the people, pray for us, pray for the people listening that, yeah, even in that last point, that God would be with us as we go and, and try and live this out. Oh, that sounds fast, fantastic <laughs> and fascinating. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how fascinating God is. So yeah, let's pray together. Father, I am, I'm just so grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for the fact that you do go with us. There's not going to be a single conversation that we ever have or attempt to have that is secret from you, that is unknown to you. There's never going to be a moment when we have a conversation with a person that isn't important to you. And so we can know, God, that you go with us. Um, You love us. You're for us. Those things are so important to take into these kinds of spaces. And I want to ask that you would bless us. You would bless us with the ability to see the people around us, to see moments, to see opportunities to take risks in relationships that have been on the table for a long time, um, to trust you where we feel like you're leading, um, to grow us in our ability to even hear and discern your voice. And I pray you'd help us to do these things in community. We don't have to be a lone soldier in this. It's a lot easier, and we didn't get into today as much, but it is easier to have a conversation together with another person. Um, there's three or four of you involved in the conversation, and I, I just thank you that you do that too. You provide that too. And as Chandler mentioned, we place our faith in you. We are given your Holy Spirit. And that is a great gift, mm-hmm. presence, power, and ultimately more than skill, more than tactics, more than strategy. We, we need that. Mm-hmm. And so I pray that you grant it. Uh, Lord, would we be men and women who honor you in the way that we live our life and conduct our relationships, that we would be integrated, healthy, whole, um, and loving in the way that we relate to the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here and sharing. And Chandler and I are so grateful. And we look forward to being back with you all for episode four of the Living Scent Equipping podcast. See you then. Thanks so much, friends. Take care.